You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 11, episode 61. I'm John, back from a wee sabbatical for three weeks. I need to try and remember how to host. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Vinny stepped in very well last week. He was very good in the mental health special. And another returning regular. Erin, how are you doing? Does you... I'm good, thank you. I also had a little sabbatical. You did. Yours was even longer than mine, I think. I know, I went on a very nice holiday and then I returned. To real life. And Aberdeen were bad before I went, bad forward her way and still bad now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll maybe try not to talk too much about Aberdeen. We'll see. It's pretty Not harsh. Yeah. Say, is there? Oh. No, not really. Right, let's put uh, let's brighten the mood up. Then we've got a guest on from like a team who's in the lofty position of seventh. Brilliant. How you doing? Why are you good? I am good. What about yourselves? You all right? Aye, all right. Aye, aye. It's um, it's it's tough being seventh. <laughs> I, I, I would love seventh just now. We should be safe. Aye, but. See the split that annoys me that the split um, we are sitting with forty one points and some teams are like in the, the top six with forty and it's it's annoying just seeing that. Well, if you can't get into the top six before the deadline date of the split, that's what mm-hmm. happens. I know, but it's just so annoying to look at. <laughs> I watch the. I think the argument always is like when you're in the bottom six and you end up maybe higher with points and what's in such place you're playing maybe inferior teams, but I don't know. Mm. I suppose the split gives folks something to play for it makes it interesting doesn't it mm-hmm. oh it uh, does definitely aye. just more interesting in the top sets fighting for <laughs> Europe I don't like bottom six no nah, it's it's not it's not my vibe it's not I think it's, it's too close at last time between the teams I think it, it could go anywhere um, which also from an outsider looking in it's probably kind of more entertaining but when you're in the scrap it's just no no you good. and Levy are mathematically safe from bottom and probably safe from playoffs, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Not technically mathematically, but you basically are. I, it could still um, go wrong. <laughs> we're not. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I just can't see Aberdeen uh, finishing in the, the playoffs or even getting relegated. It's just that's no. I think the playoffs are looking likely because I don't see who we'll beat. Thank you. I don't think we'll beat, we won't beat you, Easter Road. We won't beat St Mirren, but then that's the last day of the season and it's worrying if it even comes down to that. Mm-hmm. Um, St Johnson will be more up for it than we are probably, I think. And Dundee, that was a disaster three weeks ago, probably be the same again. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, I don't know. See, usually we would. On you go. What's that? So, oh, I said I'm happy that I'm sitting seventh, but realistically it's it's just that we're playing to see where we can get the highest position and obviously the, the bottom the bottom six now and it's not really a I don't know it's not really an achievement but the way David Gray was coming out and saying in the interviews it was like that's the highest possible position so we might as well play for it um, uh, and obviously it guarantees safety but it's just like a yeah, end, of the, end of the season 
Um, we should give you a proper introduction because this is our first music football special for a while. So we'll try and talk more Aye. about music than football, maybe. Maybe that'll bring the mood up for everyone. Um, <laughs> so Lyle on from What's the Trash Music yeah. and La Club Royale, formerly of the Ranzas. I remember mm-hmm. seeing the Ranzas supporting probably Wait. Kyle Faulkner. It would have been at Baker's, I think. Uh, aye, and Kilmarnock, aye. Aye, it must have been when, I think it was not long after Kyle Faulkner went solo. It would have been at the old Baker, the old, not with there. I think Kyle Baker. Aye, it was the old Baker's, I think. Aye. Aye. Uh, and, and the new Baker's, I, I think we played there as well, William. Um, unless I'm getting my time mixed up, but no, it was, that, that was packed. Um when I, when Kyle Faulkner was playing, it was just unreal seeing one of your yeah your, your heroes playing, um, and then you getting to support them like. But it was a good night, definitely. I remember. I think it was four bands on that night. So it was the first Aye, time. I'd, I'd Seaside Suns. Aye, Seaside Aye. Suns Fair played, and can't remember the other band. Aye, I can't remember either. I remember Seaside Suns were playing as well, definitely. Mm. Um, so kicking off then. Erin, you actually uh, hit a wee trick earlier when you said like the bottom sits isn't your vibe. Because uh, vibes, like vibes obviously was one of your big songs from last year, Kyle. Hey, Lyle, <laughs> Kyle. Because your son in Kennedy, it's just no, it's fine. It's fine. I get quite all sorts. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, the club royal. It's um, just me and Cora seeing how. Uh, a different route to music, seeing how that would go. Uh, and this is where La Club Royale's uh, been born out of. So it's, a, it's a, a music project that's still ongoing, but we've kind of uh, took a wee step back at the moment because of what's happening with, with Box of Trash. So uh, it's good fun. It's interesting with Box of Trash, right? Because some of the other guys, they were asking who's on today, and I was telling them, and they were like, oh, they wanted to listen to your music. And mm-hmm. I said, ah, you'll struggle to find anything with Box of Trash just now. I quite like it, the fact that it's kind of shrouded in secrecy. That it's uh, yeah, why are we not allowed to listen to it? No, um, but in the mid, well, I've just finished vocals on 10 tracks uh, last week. So it's for the album. Uh, we're going over to Chicago in September to um, mix, possibly master, um, with, the, with the record company. Um, in September, so it's it's really we've got, I'm not putting it anything at the moment, which is quite strange because starting a band, uh, that's what you that's the first thing you would probably think of doing is getting a, a demo or something or something out there for people to listen to, so they can you can attract them to gigs. Um, but with us, it's just a whole new I don't know, it's a new whole new experience. We're kind of holding back, eh? um, but we're what we're um releasing at the moment we're just waiting for this album so we're putting all our time and effort into this see I quite like it it's a wee bit different to everyone else now like just putting music out regularly and mm-hmm. I don't know it gives it a different kind of feel to it doesn't it more exciting I think like when I think the idea will be once the album's complete we'll put out singles um, two or three singles possibly uh, but as I say like start when starting a band all the, those years ago and uh, being in a couple of different bands now, uh, the first thing that you think about is putting stuff out and uh, you're wanting people to hear it and you're wanting people to put it on Spotify and YouTube and uh, iTunes and things. Uh, but 
right now it's it's weird because we've been listening to the tracks and no, nobody else has and like we're all excited but I don't know how people react to them so we're just hoping everybody likes them like but uh, aye, it's, it's a weird weird feeling it's pretty exciting no getting an album sorted like before anyone knows aye. about you no usually mm-hmm. you would like do the normal thing of like get, folk getting to know you with singles whereas you've managed to get an album deal that's pretty cool uh, well, uh, Barry, he was he was in a band uh, from Anik. Uh, they were called they were called the Tuckers. Um, and before lockdown, uh, he was playing bass for them, and they get the opportunity from Third Fire Records from Chicago um, for like a, a a record deal. Um, so Barry signed up to it, and he was, he was really excited about it, and we bit. Uh, was it pessimistic? Maybe he was just going to go with the flow and see see what happened. But the fella from Third Fire Records came over uh, from Chicago um, and spent like four or five days with with him, uh, and he stayed in the same hotel uh, as the Joanne from the record company. And uh, Barry was letting him hear like some of the box of trashy's demos, and then from there he just says. Um, about what he signed basically. It's quite surreal getting signed by an uh, American label. Well, yeah, I because your dream is to obviously get, get signed here, or that you're hoping somebody turns up at um, one of your gigs and straight after or what he's signing. But I, uh, it's just it's no what we um, expected. It's just it's unreal. It's for, for a band that's basically formed in twenty eighteen. To be playing in the studio a lot, and I think we've only done three or four gigs prior to the lockdown. Um, to then have this deal and of Chicago to look forward to, it's um, it's a bit <laughs> gets the nerves going, and it's, it's exciting though. Aye, it's nice work though getting to go to Chicago mm-hmm. as well. Where did Aye. you record the album so far? Like in terms of uh, we we went down to Anik. Uh, there was a wee village outside Anik um, that was a a renovated church. Uh, and Joanne uh, from the, the record label he was record well he was there and there was a, a fella that was that was recording us um, and Joanne was in real time at three o'clock in the morning in Chicago listening to us um, and it was it was weird because Jordan the drummer would be playing and he would, he would go like right guys we need to stop here um, Jordan your snare needs tune and we'd be like how can he hear that? <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning in Chicago. Um, but uh, it's just, it's unreal. Uh, but we went to Anik and uh, we village down there in the, in the recording studio. And then me and Barry had done vocals uh, in Cora's room or flat. And Barry done the guitar down at the studio in here, uh, Sound Magic Music Studio. So Sorry? Is that just a sign of the times of COVID that everyone's recording in different places? Aye. Uh, basically, the idea was to get the, the bass and the drums sounding big. <laughs> and that's where where the bass and the drums get recorded, down down south. So we spent the weekend away and me and Barry were basically there for guide tracks. Um, and then it's spending the time. The, the thing is, like, we've been spending, we've got to spend the, the time over the last four months 
if there was anything that we didn't like or wanted to redo, we just went in uh, on our own, in our own leisure, basically, and uh, changed it or uh, added stuff in. But we'll still get backing vocals to do, um, and then we'll send that away to Joanne and see see what he thinks of it. Yeah, Aaron, you might have a chance here with backing vocals if you could. But you're a good singer, aren't you? I'm allegedly terrible, but I think that's unfair. I never thought about uh, so you like add some of the stuff separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's is that just because if you don't, it doesn't sound right? Because I guess like it's all well, on dep- top of each other. Yeah, yeah. It depends where if you're all in the same room. It depends what type of um, recording you're doing. Uh, than the budget that you've got. Uh, I mean, it would have been brilliant to do it all that weekend, but realistically, um, they're, they're doing it all all separate, uh, budget-wise and obviously due to COVID and things. Um, throughout that time, I think it was November last year we went down, so it was we were still going with the COVID guidelines and things. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's all different. Um, I've recorded, me and Connor record it, uh, separate times and things um, with my previous bands as well so it's something that we have been accustomed to like just um, that's what we've learned how to record See around that subject Vinny was actually asking uh, a question he asked do you find it difficult to replicate your live performance in a studio when recording? Uh, I as I say like, uh, we've, we're in that uh, sensor as you say like taking it one step at a time doing vocals and then doing we don't record live we've done it a couple of times with Ranzas um, but to replicate like the live sound um, is, is pretty hard aye but it, it, as, as I say we're, we're doing it well now Joanne's involved but before we were all doing it out our own pockets and it was uh, Connor that was basically playing uh, guitar and Whatever and recording himself, and then I, I would be he would be recording my vocals and then recording uh, Julie's drums and Ranz's and then the bass, and it was quite tough. I so see how you've been signed to this American label. Is it because you've kind of got an American sound to you? Do you think? Because I noticed, like, I was looking I through to try and find some stuff, and I noticed you'd done a cover of Greta Van Fleet. That was right. a big one for me, and I was, and even other wee clips I've heard. There is a kind of seventies American kind of vibe to what I've heard so far. Uh, I would say so. I mean, in Ranzes, I was singing with a, a, a real Scottish accent, emphasising the Scottish accent. But when writing uh, with Barry uh, for the past four or five years, it was the, the songs that we were listening to, like the Red Walls, um, Greta Van Fleet, uh, Black Sabbath. Uh, bands like that, uh, you're getting into the way uh, writing. No, like them, but you're getting ideas from them, mm-hmm. and it just didn't. The accent that I was doing, Ranzas wise, it wasn't fitting into that category. So I had to kind of adapt. No, no, much, but uh, I just changed it a wee bit and diluted the accent, uh, and it, it would suit uh, the American market a bit more. I, and I suppose as well, <coughs> pardon me, as you get older, your voice is mature as well, as you think, like, no, improve. I think we're more trashy, eh, more rock and roll, kind of trashy, I'm, I would say, for the American market, that's what Joanne looks 
uh, with is that we would suit the American market, not more than the UK market, but I think there's more scope that he he knows um, obviously the American market better than us, so um, he's got to take a chance with that, and we'll see how it goes. Right. So who else is signed to them then? Uh, the the Tuckers, and then there's a few more. There's a, a few more uh, an acoustic act and. Um, like Chicago way um, I've, I've, I've not really delved into that yet <laughs> to see Aye. so I'm hoping maybe to meet up with some of, some of the artists in the label over in Chicago uh, that'd be pretty cool and a wee American uh, tour <laughs> well that, that would be the dream that would be the dream Aye. see you later come <laughs> <laughs> to America for a wee tour yeah. Aye. Um, you going to ask us something there then um yeah, just because I think it's best to check now. Um, oh, what do you think coming. of Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift? I like Taylor Swift. Me, me and uh, my fiancé absolutely love Taylor Swift. Thank you. Just uh, checking. See the, see the tiny, was it a tiny desk uh, performances? If you ever get a chance to watch that on YouTube, watch them with Taylor Swift. Brilliant. That's your I end. just like to make sure people on the podcast like Taylor Swift. <laughs> Is that every question? Oh, uh, pretty much, yeah. If, it, if there's a musician on, then usually, yeah, there'll be mm. a fo- there'll be a question as well later that you'll ask about football. Um, oh, that's funny. Well, I've actually, I, actually, oh. I've got another new question about football, but it's for later. All right, okay, okay. for later, okay, okay. Well, um, that's my usual one as well, obviously. I obviously, but I do have another one. The, crowd, the crowd expect it, and if you don't ask the question, folk riot. Well, I don't want to disappoint people, do I? No, exactly. Um, right, okay, so you, we had your mate on, Matt, from Brown Bear. Uh-huh, yeah. And we were talking about the launch of the championships. He said I have to ask you about it, even though you asked me to ask him. Yeah, there's, Dave, I'm just the champ. It's, it's been decided. Uh, we played the game and I won, so that's, it's, I'm the champ. How long did it last? Um, I think throughout the, I think it was about a month. A month. We had about four games, I would reckon. Two at Turbolton and two at Anbank. Oh, home and away, um, I like it. Aye, aye. So uh, it was it was good. Uh, and the, the weather, the weather held up as well. So, <laughs> But I would say that I think Matt needs to um, train a wee bit and then we, we can see how we are for next season. It's lucky he's a good, he's a good musician, isn't it? Ah, he's, he's got the, the talent and that. <laughs> um, he asked you as well because he knows you love your lyrics. You're big on lyrics. So, mm. first of all, what's your inspiration for your lyrics? Yeah, I'll ask you that first of all. Let you answer that and then ask you that uh-huh. part to the question. Uh, well, I listen, well, I like seeing instead of like singers and uh, I, I, I love songwriters. I love the way people write songs and the message in a song or even like um, I am the walrus. If it doesn't make sense, it's it's just it's absolutely brilliant playing about with lyrics. Um, Pete Doherty is a big one for me. I like uh, absolutely brilliant uh, lyricist. Um, Alex Turner, Paul Heaton. Uh, there's there's people like that. Uh, even Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse is an incredible lyricist. Uh, Kyle Faulkner as well. It's just it's. Uh, I, it's, it's... I know the Smiths are more controversial. Well, Morrissey is uh, a bit problematic now. Smiths, brilliant. Uh, the, so Smiths are, the Smiths are brilliant. I, 
Uh, I was that was a band when I was younger. I, I, I never got into, but recently listened to um, the likes of the Smiths, New Order. New Order are incredible. Um, it's, as I say, lyrics is just who if you can play about with lyrics and actually tell a story, or if it's something um, as I say that doesn't really make sense. Uh, see way like the. Uh, Alex Turner with some of his songs, some of them are just like what they mean there, but uh, it's just the, the way they, they play about with lyrics and some of the uh, the meanings to songs as well, like Paul Keaton um, just puts in wee bits here and there and it's like, turn, like changes the story and it's just unreal. Who were your early inspirations then when you were getting into music? Uh, Pete Doherty. He was, uh, Baby Shambles uh, and the Libertines, and then obviously he's got uh, solo stuff, but uh, and Arctic Monkeys, that was a big guy. I always listened to Oasis, um, but I wouldn't say that it was uh, obviously they are incredible songwriters, especially Noel, but um, I think Liam's recent songs a bit questionable with lyrics, it was a wee bit. Yeah. Hi. Um, I prefer Noel Gallagher on his like new stuff, um, High Flying Birds, than I do Liam Gallagher's stuff. I think. Yeah, I'm the same. I think that there was a song where he's on the rooftop, Liam Gallagher, and he was singing, and it's yeah, I think he reuses the same lyrics over and over again, and you you, you pick up on it, and it's like shine. He likes to put shine in, and uh, it was uh, it's stuff that's kind of uh, recycled. But some of these songs are incredible. Love Wall of Glass. Uh, and uh, the, the, like his first album that he brought out, his solo, it's, it's really good. I think he is good, but I think if you're going to do Oasis, which is huge, and yeah. then you're going to go off and do your own thing, and also so is the other huge person for Oasis, so the kind of mm-hmm. pressure to not... you. I guess they're probably quite competitive with each other, aren't they? So... But they, I they, think they both do he has gone down songs. the route of this worked at Oasis, this was great, here's a template for what I can do and it's just a little bit samey and it would have been... Mm-hmm. I think people expect something a bit different when you go off and do that. What was the, the song that um, that he'd done with uh, Dave Grohl with the drumming, with the Foo Fighters? Um, Dave Grohl done the drums on it. It was not the track that he released there but I think it was a track before. Was that- I thought that was, that was huge. Everything's electric. Is it that? Aye, aye. Um, and he had some kind of notes, really kind of big notes in it. He's, he's went right up um, and used his vocals differently, more melodically, uh, than what he was doing before. And there was sort of a bit samey. It was just that rough kind of... Uh, that vocal that he's got is just rough and he's just saying... Say, say, no, saying the same words over and over again, like shine and... Uh, adding them in and that, that that I mean that's his thing that's how he how he's he's still he's still getting up on that stage and he, as long as he kind of enjoys it or whatever but um, for me I kind of went I was right Liam Gallagher but now I'm kind of sliding away from especially for his new track as you got older probably maybe. aye see on the subject of repeating lyrics how do you manage to remember all your songs you've written I've no idea. I've no... <laughs> like, is it just automatic, or do you have to like sit, like, say, a gig's coming up and you're doing a live show? Obviously, you're mm-hmm. going to be recording and you're going to be practicing. 
Mm-hmm. But is that, do you like have to like an actor like check your lines almost, or is it just well, it's in your head because you've written it mostly? See, the thing with this album is like the tracks have there's about two or two or three tracks that have been about for four or five years, and then the rest of the tracks have all been uh, written in lockdown. And when we were down down south, I was sitting there with a the book because I was still I was still learning the songs basically, um, because we had we hardly been in the studio because the sh- studio was shut uh, through lockdown, and that's where I, I learned the new songs was down south whilst we were doing the guide vocals. We had the half an idea of how the songs went, um, but I had I had the lyrics there. But now reading the lyrics, as you say, I you're looking at the the lyrics uh, that I've wrote, wrote, written down in every practice, I would do it. And then I'd get confident and throw the book away. And, uh, and that's it. It's, it's in there now. It's there. I never thought about yeah. that. Like, I guess it's like if you're an actor and you've got yeah. lines in a show. Mm. But I suppose it's slightly different. I, always I don't know. See, uh, back at school, when you had to uh, memorise a poem. I grab your buns. Right in front of your grand and papa and your, your mum and dad, not never acting. Um, I always think about that because you're, you're there with uh, your bandmates uh, and they're expecting you to know every word because you're expecting them to know every part of their instrument. Um, that so it's pressures on, but it, it does it, it seeps in. I mean, there's some lines now that we played the 13th note that I forgot when to come in. But it wasn't forgetting lyrics, it was just I forgot to, and I left at a bar. But we kept on going. Because um, you were just enjoying the music so much, and uh, you're thinking, oh, this uh, is great. And then you were like, oh, no, wait, I've got to do it. <laughs> it's my turn. Uh, that's I was just that's exactly it, what then... it's like watching Aberdeen Football Club. <laughs> they just stood there, and then they're like, oh, I was meant to do a bit of running there, but oh, well. I was so meant it's to like... score a goal there. Yeah, they were, but it doesn't happen. <laughs> Aye, it's not really happening much there, big goals. So see, in terms of your process with lots of trash music, is it the lyrics come first, the music come first, or does it depend on what's going Barry. on at the time? I would say Barry, like, when in lockdown, Barry was sending me, he's got, uh, if you've ever used Bandcamp, uh, no Bandcamp, yeah. no band Garage Band, Garage oh, Band. Garage Band, aye, aye. Okay. aye. I don't know what, but I've never seen him uh, actually make a song on it. But he would he go he would send you a text and you would be a family day out or something. You are you busy? I'm like, yeah, I am <laughs> my way down to the Denour, down to the beach in Denour or something. You can't beat like, oh, Can you put can you put lyrics to a song? And I'm sitting there, right, okay, and I'd be listening to it um, in the beach, and then I'd be like, hey, what do you want to write about? Um, and it would just come for that, just back and forth because. We got into that routine and lockdown, not seeing each other. It was just technology, just text, send it, send the music, and then because um, Barry has an has an idea, of obviously how the music goes, and mm-hmm. but then it's between me and him, or if it's not just me down to me for the lyrics. Like Barry will go, I've wrote a song. Here's the lyrics. It would be like, oh, like he wrote a song called Here and Now, and I don't know what he was thinking about. Um, when he when he wrote it, but the lyrics are incredible. Um, but that's another song that I had to learn through lockdown and going into this uh, this recording because he wrote the lyrics, whereas I've, I was the part of the process. So I had to learn a song that he he wrote 
Whereas I, I didn't have any um, any responsibility in the lyrics myself. Ah, so you've got to learn like someone else's words and maybe emotions even. Aye, and seeing how I, I, I portray that or how I bring that across in a performance. Is it a fair bit of co-writing then with the band? Oh, aye, aye. Uh, I remember when lockdown kind of stopped, me and Barry went into the studio and we were just sitting and we were listening to the Red Bulls and they wrote a song to do with an, an alien invasion. So we're just sitting there and he's like, what? we're just listening to our song. And he goes, hey, what do you want to write about? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, what about an alien invasion? <laughs> Why and not? he's like, right, right, right. So hey, we wrote this song called Spaceman. So I would, I would write a verse, then he would write a verse. Then he'd be like, what's the chorus? And I'm terrible with choruses. Like, I can write a verse all day long, but when it comes to like a chorus, I, I, it, it kind of stumps me. Um, and then he came up with the chorus, and then that's where Spaceman uh, came from. I can't wait for these to hear this. I'm talking about it, but I can't really <laughs> go and listen oh, to it. Because I know you had the album launch at Market End, didn't you? Yeah. Aye, it was a live, um, a live performance of the full the full album with a few covers chucked in. Um, so aye, it was it was pretty decent, uh, and because of the. the COVID and that, we hadn't seen a lot of people uh, in a while, so uh, a lot of faces that you hadn't seen in a while turned up, and it was great, it was a great night, so it wasn't just about us, it was about catching up with people as well. I see just something that uh, Matt actually picked up on from Brown Bear as well, and probably something you'll feel yourself, and I've I've lived in Ayrshire for about, I don't know, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Now, for you consider it's no far from Glasgow, why is there not enough music events put on in Ayrshire? Like in terms oh. of like there being like a scene as such, I know there will be a scene. Uh, in all my time, uh, I, I remember going to Harley's maybe occasionally or maybe... Get... A lot of people have tried and it's just no... I, I, as, as you've touched on there, I think Glasgow... The, the argument would be like how we are further away from Glasgow than like West Lothian. Yeah, and look at how West Lothian the the scene up there is right. incredible. Like Sylvie and Dictator, uh, Phil Galetta, uh, Dove. I know they're graphite yeah, area. Yeah. Run about that area is just it's it's brilliant for for up and coming bands. Then I would love to be. I would love to have that scene down here. And I think a lot of people have tried and unfortunately failed down here. Um, and I don't know if it's appetite. I don't know if it's a uh, culture down here. It's just that they're no bothered about live music. But it's it's been yeah. a question ever since the, I've, I've stepped on a stage in 2013. Because it's, it's definitely something I've always considered, like, you know, years. Because I love going to gigs, but then sometimes, say it's a gig during the week, the transport's mm-hmm. not that great here. You're going up, you're maybe yeah. having to drive. How good would it be to like be able to go to gigs in Ayrshire? Like Ayrshire's massive. Mm-hmm. I think people like forget how big Ayrshire is as well. Kilmarnock's really it. good. I see Aye. a venue. Um, Kilmarnock's got a good few venues. Uh, the Hazard Arts Centre uh, down at uh, Irvine. The, 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 I don't know if you've heard a soldier on, but they're back. Aye, aye. The yeah, yeah. Get, uh, the Harbour Arts Centre in June. I think, I think they've, they've been split up for a bit. 
five year. They, they played my mate's wedding, actually. I remember them playing uh, my mate's wedding. And Jordan, Jordan, Jordan is an unreal front man. I, ah, I, remember, mm, I remember him playing at the market in, in the 2012-2013, just before I started getting into playing the band. and uh, It was brilliant. Uh, in the trips as well, uh, back in the day with James Mackay as a front man. I think they had a wee bit of a rivalry going at one point. But because they were that good, it was brilliant to see. And that was like the scene about yeah. I remember the guy from Soldier On having a good persona on Twitter anyway. He was quite funny. He was humorous. Uh-huh. Uh, you could see why folk would like him. Plus, they were very entertaining. Like, they knew how to put on a show. I think I'd seen them. So I'd seen them at a wedding. And I thought, I said to my mate, how would you get them as a, a wedding band? Because they were like playing all the old, like, good 70s hits and all the good music. Uh-huh. And then I must have seen them at, live at Shun. Mm-hmm. Not long after. And they played the same night as, like, Colonel... Uh, Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard, the Legion 5. Uh, we, we, me and Connor were on a dance off. We played it live at Trin, and me and Connor were on a dance off in the dance floor. Uh, they did ask mad thing. They get the crowd gone, and it's it's, it's brilliant. They cross the road. Aye, aye. <laughs> we were, it was like I was the dance off. We we Connor and everybody was clapping, and I was I was steaming at the time, so <laughs> I wouldn't have had the confidence if <laughs> if no. Because I think even that's been scrapped. I think live at Trin's. I think. Finished, I think. Oh, is it? I think I'd, but, I'd, I'd, I'd heard that it'd been finished. Mm. Don't know what happened, whether it's just due to maybe COVID to get bands or whatever, who knows. But there's it, Ovens got one making waves coming up later in the year. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd noticed, I'd seen it on, uh, online somewhere. So I don't know who's playing at it. Maybe you'll get a call. What? Oh, I don't, know, cool. don't, don't even know who's organised it, whether it's a council or whatever. But that's what uh, it's making, making waves is what it's called. I've signed up for alerts. Oh, to see, I, see any announcements. Going to be playing. they've no announced anyone yet because we are that's what we're trying to do I know we've, we've faced it that we've not got any music out and obviously the reality is it's got to be tough for to get like even headline gigs and stuff in between now and the album so we're just looking for like the support gigs anywhere we're playing up at the Nice and Sleazy's on the 9th of July and that's uh, <laughs> just realised that's the, the weekend I transmit. So it's, it's oh, I saw it as I. Hopefully it's busy, like, but um, it's uh, the weekend I transmit. It's got to be hopefully we got a few folk in though. Aye, the guys, do you know the guys to contact? Actually, I see him in Saturday night up in SWGP Arcade State. Oh, aye, uh-huh. they've set up their own label for like a promotions label, so they're aye, looking, that's, that's, they're looking that's for bands to support them. I think that's who's running. That's who's running. That's nice and sleazy's. Aye, it's Va- uh, Violet. But Va- Violet Eyes promotion. Aye. Yeah. Aye. Mm-hmm. Um. So they were playing on Saturday at SWP, and then Sylvie joined them on stage. Mm-hmm. Good night. Oh, I seen gig. videos. Aye. Aye, it was good. It's good night. Um. But I you should contact them. Good guys. Aye. Um. I think there's a fella that used to be the the bouncer in Harley's. He plays keys. For them. Ah. Uh, right. Okay. Aye. Uh, I put me in this block. I don't mind. I know oh. Kieran and Jordan because they were on the podcast, but I, can't, I don't know uh, their boys' names to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up putting on quite a lot of gigs just now. That's 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 really good because obviously that's helping out not just them but um, other bands as well that they're, they're getting a, their name about that way, but also they've got that, that promotions company as well. I, I think part of it came down to the fact, and this was something that Mark said and other bands have said as well. was lack of payment from promoters so they've just 
take it in their own hands and then at least they know what bands go through in terms of trying to get paid. Mm. So I think that's probably that what it's issues everywhere um, for venues, but to try and create a a scene down here, you need a, a good venue and proper uh, structure uh, and payment for bands down here um, in order then to create a scene. It would be great to have a, a venue in here, not just the town hall, but for like uh, big bands coming, like the touring bands, and then getting the, the local acts to support. It'd be something to really help the, the local scene, but get to, I've seen cast Cast have done it a lot. They've played yeah in a bit. Uh, yeah, they've played the town hall and I think they played the Citadel as well. Aye, the same in Kilmarnock though, because like the Grand Hall is a brilliant venue. Like Casabian mm-hmm. have played there, Las Vegas, and uh, mm-hmm. Faulkner, the View, the Libertines. Mm-hmm. I think I've been to most of them. That could Aye. be used so much more. Mm-hmm. It's a, I don't know. Bob, it'll come down to finance or who's got to pay for it. Um, yeah. They run these, and then you need to. Like bar staff and bar licenses and everything like that. We be the town hall. I know in the air you can't have a gig on or an event on the same time as an event on at the gatey. Right, I've heard okay. that. So, some old drill or something like that, probably. Aye, right? aye. So I don't know what the the whole thing is there, but uh, as I say, there's a lot of people tried to create a, a scene in there, and it's just no no happened. Maybe it just takes like a couple of bands to kind of get going and get, get together. And it, it gets a momentum going, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's how it's happened in West Lothian. I know there's a guy Ross that we had on the podcast. He was on the Mark Sharp, and he's mm-hmm. credited for like just being really hard working and promoting all bands and pushing them and getting them going to the extent see, of having festivals and all sorts at West Lothian. See the the thing is, let's see we like social media and that. I see like West Lothian bands like to big each other up and they, they, they yeah. promote each other whereas over the past like, eight nine years that I've been involved in music down here you wouldn't really get that you're getting it now there's a wee sense of it now in the usher but it was more like we're better like, there's bands going about no naming names but that saying no, we're better than them whatever and it's just there was no, no support on each other uh, and I think that's that's what's really needed is that it takes two seconds to share something just help each other out and you can share something and six folk might see it and two folk for that six folk might turn up. Um, or like the page or follow the band or listen to new music. So, Aye. Because I don't know about for all the bands we've had from, on from West Lothian have been like brand new. They've been really down to earth and as you say, Lyle, they, they help each other out constantly mm-hmm. whether it's supporting each other or whatever. Even like the Snuts are massive now. The Snuts still like are like good pals or other bands and like get them mm-hmm. Support slots. Lewis Capaldi has got had had Luke LeVolk supporting them, had Mark Sharp supporting them. So it's bringing the, the if it was the for these other bands, then there wouldn't have been a scene there for the, the, these big bands to, to go and do it. So that's you need to support each other, and everybody's it's cliche, but everybody's in the same boat. They're trying to get somewhere, so you just should help uh, yeah your area out and. Even going for like I support Dictator and uh, mm-hmm. Sylvie and getting uh, Dove. I mean, me and Dove became good uh, friends over the, the lockdown. Uh, and I see he's he's going. I think he played Newcastle the other night there. Um, so it's 
great to see these bands doing well and it's all down to hard work and the support that they've all created uh, run about. So I think that's what's certainly needed um, in the earth and in order to create a sort of scene. But as you say, it might take a couple of bands to make it big elsewhere in order for that to happen, yeah. to bring it back. And Sylvie's your wee best friend, aren't you now, Erin? Yeah, she's a friend of the podcast. <laughs> I, I was like, I think, I mean, there's not like a rule that says you can only have X amount of bands. So another band doing well doesn't mean that you can't as well. People mm-hmm. will listen to everything. Aye. Plus, things have been rubbish um, the last two years. So mm-hmm. it's actually quite nice to be able to go out, do things. People want to go and see like new music. And a lot of bands that are new haven't done much live stuff. People haven't really seen them. So I think it's nice to have the opportunity. People want to go out and see things. I think it's surreal seeing all these bands just appearing out of nowhere, and it's brilliant to see because I think you could probably say for a good few years before, obviously, the, the COVID happened, it was like the same old, same old bands, kind of bit, nothing really happening. Um, and then it's just, I, I think it's gave people the confidence to even like go on online and uh, play acoustic and start writing songs and putting herself out there a wee bit, that they had the time to do it. Whereas before, they probably were thinking, oh, I've not got the time for that, I'm too busy with my job. <laughs> uh, and they've been sitting at home uh, and they've picked up a guitar or they've started writing songs and now they've made a band. I suppose during COVID, a lot of people who had maybe like said, oh, we should do this, we should do that, had more time. And then also, I guess, when you're all stuck at home and you have kind of the recording time and then you do it, and you, like you said, you put it all together afterwards, that mm. becomes a lot more accessible because virtual things became much more common than before. People would never have done stuff virtually or, you know, like you say, someone phoning in from... It just wasn't such a thing. Mm-hmm. It makes a big difference. Oh, aye. What about the, sorry? What about the theory that guitar music's better when the Tories are in power? It's a weird would one, you, but you generally, that? I think generally, yeah, because there's more maybe protest stuff in, in uh, a weird way. Think about it, the 70s, so the 70s, 90s, and, uh-huh. 90s, and then just now, and guitar, because like guitar bands seem to, there was a wee bit that they kind of, they weren't, it's not uh, like badly, but they're now like seen as being popular again in the charts. There's certain bands that are leading the way. Political, uh, political, have you seen that, seen that for the snuts we burn the empire? Mm, sucker punch as well, yeah. Mm. Sam Fender as well would say to an extent aye pretty political he, at times certainly mm-hmm. well did they know have a was it a what did you call them a, it was Boris Johnson's head or something and they had a baseball bat when he was steaming <laughs> he was sitting there um, I mean there's no maybe no direct correlation but I do feel that there is this kind of time when times are struggling especially that's where bands mm. thrive, I think, because folk want something to listen to, something to trust. And they trust musicians mm-hmm. more than politicians. Oh, aye. Easily. <laughs> I th- Easily. Well, some musicians. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Some musicians. Yep. Um, see, then, uh, continuing on from earlier, I'm going to ask about Brown Bear's question. What's your favourite lyrics? Like, lyrics what? that you wish you'd... Either your own, or maybe ones that you wish you'd written. Both. That's a good question. Aye. Well, I can't even take credit for it. 
Part of it was mine. Mitch with his. Cheers, Matt. <laughs> uh, was like, well, for, for me, personally, my favourite lyrics I've probably ever written, and that's, I would say, there's a song that we, we wrote called Up in, the, Up in the Clouds that's got to be on the album. And the second verse in it is, I feel your passion, I want your love. Help me scrape the barrel when the road gets tough. My luck is plenty. I'll share it your way. I will be the toast and you the marmalade. I like it. <laughs> and I, I, I said to, to Barry at the time, I don't think I should put that in. I don't want to the toast and the marmalade. That's a bit, it's a bit out there. And he's like, ah, no, keep it. It's weird. <laughs> I'm like, right, okay. So it's, I would say that. But for, put me in the spot now, for actual my favourite lyrics. I think, have you ever heard the, like, Dan, the song Dance Like a Liar by... Uh, Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. Aye. I heard the truth was about to bend, a mechanism to suspend the guilt is what you are requiring still. Um, and it was just dance like liar. It's about lying um, and uncovering the truth. Uh, uh, there, obviously, the other person's um, hiding. And just the way that the whole song is just un- unbelievable how he's. Uh, portrayed that and it's there you go it's, it's uh, told a story uh, through that and that's that's what kind of caught me on that Ah, it's definitely one of the best lyricists of the, the century definitely without a doubt I think, I think sometimes he's he's underrated because it's, he's you know, he's went his own way with um, the Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino album uh, and a lot of people don't like that now because he's went folks say he's went weird but He's, he's just a genius. <laughs> I suppose that way as well, though. Like people maybe constantly want the same album on repeat, same thing. Whereas mm-hmm. when a band tries something different, they get criticised. Oh, aye. So, for that. Erin, do you get any questions just now as well with the music side of things? No, that was all my music questions. I was right. right, okay. What's the <laughs> al- is, a, is there an album title yet? Or is that still to be revealed? We're, we're still to decide it. So we're going back and forth every week it changes um, I actually but, do have one music question oh. yeah do you have a karaoke song uh, Rotterdam a beautiful south hmm. gets the crowd going every time good tune mm-hmm. um, see much as we're talking most about lots of trash music Vinny heard a bit of Love for Royale Mm-hmm. And I never got this when I was listening to it, but he said that he reckoned he heard Simple Minds and Jim Kerr-esque melodies. And he asked if that mm-hmm. was a, an influence or not, or if you would see that as a compliment. I, saw I would a... say that was a... Sorry, I would, I would say that as a compliment. Um, obviously, Simple Minds are, are huge. Um, they, they did not play the hydro the other week there. I yeah, think they might have done that. Um, and... The fella at my work, he, he went to it and he absolutely loves them. Um, so I'll take a compliment as that, 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 that as a compliment. Because when but, I was listening, I thought I heard the vibes of like, I don't know, Empire of the Sun, MGMT, that type of vibe. Aye. So Connor, Connor's right into electronic music. And when I say that, it's it, you, you could walk in and you would go, What are you listening to? Or you could go in and go, What are you listening to? That sounds good. So it's a hit or a miss with him, but he, he just loves. Uh, 
don't want eccentric music, but just uh, it's it's a bit out there and stuff that I probably wouldn't listen to. But when you actually sit down and listen and see where he's coming from and how he likes it, it's you understand why it's it, that, that catches his 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 ears like that. Um, and he was a well, he's a big New Order fan, and he's got me being a big New Order fan now. So, as I say, I wasn't really into um, the Smiths or New Order and bands like that, Joy Division. But through Connor, um, uh, uh, he's he's certainly rubbed off on me. So that's where the electronic bit comes into it as well. We um, the first song that we brought out is Little Broyal. Is very kind of new order along the lines of that, but with vibes, it's quite dancey, eh, different out of our comfort zone. But we tried it, and eh, I think that set the, the, the tone for the next few releases. Aye, the rematches are really good as well. I like the rematches. Mm-hmm. I um, that's Connor's trying to, he's trying to be a producer, no, trying to be, he's. That's that's his thing now. Um, so he's went for playing a guitar in a band. He's actually been uh, producing uh, all these tracks, and it was what he uh, remixed some uh, some other band songs. So he's reached out to other bands. So he's trying to remix uh, some of their songs with a little kind of luck club royal spin on it. Uh, so uh, he's got a lot of work in his hands, a boy. <laughs> Aye, busy. Um, what's your favourite venue you've ever played so far? Um, the O2 ABC with the snuts and the shell locked. That would have been a good night. That was 2017. It was absolutely brilliant. That was about when we played, there was about 300 to 400 folk kind of turning up whilst we were playing. So it was quite good um, to catch them. But then, and that obviously what happened to the venue, it's it's no longer there anymore or it's in derelict condition. Uh, just seeing the snuts, I think that's where I, I seen first hand the, the snuts just taking off. Um I think that was the night that they properly took off. So it was a special venue and memories like that. You could see a band like that just again being a success. Aye, the quality live. I saw them a couple of times last year and they were unbelievable. Like, type mm. of scenes I've not seen for a long time at a gig. Like, Aye. everyone just going for it mental. It was, you know, that way, like, crowd and band are, like, just totally connected. Aye. You can know, I just feel seen, it. Seen them at the Barrowlands, uh, was it before Christmas or after? Uh, um, and that was, that was tremendous, so it was. Which night were you there? Was... Remember? Thursday. In the three nights, I was there Tuesday, I think I was there. Was it the first day? I was there the second night. I remember I was there the second night. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was, um, that was that was blurred. <laughs> um, it was good. And what's your dream venue to play? A Barrowlands. Barrowlands. Good place to play. So if anyone's listening, that's playing the Barrowlands, basically gives us out. Get it sorted. Um, right. Yeah. Should we talk about football then? I suppose we should. We've done well. I, I've like managed to like get almost an hour without talking about too much football, but I feel we need to. And it makes a change. Usually we enjoy talking about Hibs woes, but Hibs are actually doing better. But then what happened, Sean Maloney? Four months in the job? 
he wasn't well my opinion he, he, he wasn't the right guy I was I felt Jack Ross should have went maybe no before the cup final maybe he should have had a shot at the cup final uh, but they, I think they rushed into I think they seen Sean Maloney as an attractive uh, appointment because of the Martinez connection and the Belgium team connection but he's never managed a club before at that level as well so I think it was a bit of a rushed appointment and I think the owners have just realised that that they probably have made a mistake and obviously the defeats to Hearts have probably been the scapegoat for them to to get punted from there but I think it was definitely time for him to go so uh, you were in favour of Jack Roscoe as well. You thought he'd had his, his time. Mm-hmm. I did a few, oh, was it two year, two year or something, to, to building something. Um, and it didn't help. Uh, Maloney, obviously, he lost uh, Martin Boyle in the, tra- the January transfer window. So no making excuses for him. But he did have the time to, to change that around and get the players in. I mean, he did get Jasper in. Um, who was 19-year-old, he's probably not as good as Boyle uh, yet, and he's still got a few years until he hits his peak, um, or a fair few years. Um, but he didn't really replace Martin Boyle, and I think Jack Ross had a, a good few years, and I, I, I thought that he was coming to but you can feel when managers are coming to the end of their, their tenure, and I think as I say, it was harsh for him before the cup final to get punted, but after, I think he should have got to the cup final and then uh, get told then to go. Was it mostly down to the style of play with Jack Ross? Because he had a good season last year, like third mm-hmm. in the league. But third in the league, I don't know, I think that's really, it was, if Aberdeen, if you, well, if Aberdeen, um, Got a good run together. We we, we would have been done. Uh, I think if you look at the teams around us at the time, I, I, I don't. Know, I, I don't. I'm not saying Hibs shouldn't have deserved to be third, but they've only played like a third yeah. uh, position team. But it was just uh, fortunately the teams around us won the playing as, as well, so we were picking up the points and they won it. But you see the likes of Hearts and now they're they're well deserved third. And they're playing like a third position team, whereas I wish that was Hibs anyway. I think Hearts have surprised a lot of people. I never expected Hearts would even finish top six this year. Um, mm. So, but what that After last season, I um, Robbie Nielsen, he's done, done a great job. And I did watch the Dundee United Hearts game on Sunday because I put a coupon on. Um, I had both teams <laughs> to score in each half. It was a great game to watch and brilliant football. Uh, as I say, like we are trying to compete against Hearts, and that's that's so hard to do right now because we're lost. We don't know where we're going, and Sean Maloney was not was not taking us in the direction that uh, the fans expected or what we've been told by Ron Gordon. Sounds a very similar story to Aberdeen. To be fair, the two of us have had quite similar seasons in terms of appointing someone that. Maybe mm-hmm. wasn't the right man, and then trying to desperately recover. Wasting everyone's time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think Jim Duffy's the man? 
Jim Duffy. I will take Jim mm. Duffy just now. I know a uh, good one. Aye. Aye, Jim Duffy. I knew who you meant. It's all right. <laughs> we're, we're big fans of Jim Goodwin. We like him. Jimmy. Well, Jim we do. We do like him. We do, but I still Have you seen him? Like we're big fans. Oh, I, this podcast yeah, supports Jim handsome. Goodwin. Aye, he's most handsome manager. He's not really got a reaction out to players though, so far, has he? But no, because they can't in, my, be in my opinion, I think the players, and I've said this for long enough, the players think they're better than they are. And mm-hmm. we've seen it before. You know yourself, uh, Lyle Hibbs, when Terry Butcher was at Hibbs and the whole Hibbs are too good to go down. Oh, what happened? That, 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 that is an arse. Remember that? Business. Oh, aye. That was horrible. Um, it was spo- uh, He was supposed to be the disciplinarian uh, coming in and getting the, the squad motivated, but when the squad on the on the good, you can't motivate players to go and win games when they're, they're just they're just no good. And that's uh, possibly what's happening. Mate. But I would say Aberdeen's got a really good squad, though. Aye, that, that, that's the baffling thing. I think Hibs have got a decent squad, too. Like, Hibs and Aberdeen should be in top sets. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, they both, should be. Both massively underperformed. It's not even a slight underperformance. It's it's massive, and from Aberdeen's point of view, said before, it was going to be a transitional season, but you don't expect to be ninth, tenth, maybe struggling with the playoffs. Mm. You're thinking, especially this season, this season was massive, and Hearts are going to now, I think, possibly pull away Get from going. the rest because they've got a guaranteed £3 million because they're going to have European football till the group stages, whether it's Europa League or the Conference. So £3 million. For Aberdeen Hibs, any team in Scotland outside Rangers Celtic is massive. You think mm. in the summer when they're trying to get players in, who are you going to go to? Because Hearts, Hibs, and Aberdeen generally compete for the same players. You're going to go mm. to Hearts. So they, all, all the players that we went for were always going to Aberdeen. I, I never, <laughs> at some point, you're welcome to some out. of them if you want. <laughs> Funzo Oyo was the, I remember like that one. McCrory, McCrory's worked it all right. McCrory's worked mm. it all right. Like, thought, we've got I this guy it. called Connor McLennan you might be interested in. You can have him. <laughs> no, no. You could have is, him for free. Is, is McGee still there? He is, I. Mm-hmm. I you can have him as well, to be honest. He's really no done much, has he? No, he's he going in the summer, presumably. He's out of contract. He'll be gone. Oh, Ojo will be gone. Teddy Jenkins will be back a, to Brighton. He was brilliant at Hibs as well. Oh, I, I, him again. Uh, and he was good at Sunderland. Scott Allen. No, it's Sunderland. He never really. I was quite excited when we signed him. I thought it was good. He's just not played very much. To be honest, there's too many people in that position. Ferguson McCrory are always going to be there first. And then Scott Brown came in. Connor Barron's turned out not mad. We're getting a new goalkeeper in summer, I think. Probably just get a whole new team, to be honest, I think. Get half a St. Mirren's team. That's starting to annoy me every single day. Like, different player from St. Mirren. If we think the answer to this is signing (laughs) players from St. Mirren, no. That was us. I think we, I don't know how many players we've, we've had for St Mirren, about seven, maybe, possibly, after McGinn. Uh, Doyle Hayes. Uh, Doyle, uh, Doyle Hayes, uh, Paul McGinn, Stephen McGinn, Aye. all the McGinns. Um, and then there was another, I think, the player that went on loan to Kilmarnock, the young boy. Um, oh no, the boy that's injured, uh, can't remember his name there. Oh, uh, the wider, the white player, Mackay. No, that was in my list. No, no, no. It's my something. <laughs> what position? In midfield. Mm. I'm trying to think. That's bad, isn't it? Aye. 
I don't feel it's bad because I'm not that's a big because fan. He's, he's not played. That's oh, McGuinness. 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 Kyle McGuinness. That's it. He started the season superbly as well. Mm-hmm. They ninja. But there's another excuse for, uh, for Sean Maloney. You know, all these players that are injured though. But then still the, the team just, well, they were like wee boys out there. They just were lost um, under Sean Maloney. Especially at Tynecastle. The first half, tremendous. Um, and then the second half, we just fell apart. Uh, he was backed up a fair bit in January as well. Like his hips must have signed. Remember, like early on in the first couple of weeks, mm-hmm. it looked like hips were doing well. They were getting their business done early. You're thinking that's a good thing. Get the players in early, yeah. get them integrated. Mm-hmm. But just how many of them no, have been successes? Uh, you could possibly say Henderson for scoring against St. Mirren the weekend, but it took it took a while. Uh, Melkerson looks maybe against Motherwell aye but now he's I don't know I think they've probably rushed his development because of the injuries aye but then aye there's another one (laughs) mind you he'd not been having a good season prior to him getting injured as well he's Mm -hmm. whatever whatever Christian Doidge aye Christian Doidge as well up front still these players and they're all. You'd think when they're talking about this youth development uh, squad that they're bringing in and they're wanting to bring youth players through and obviously it's the start of that youth development they're, they're just starting uh, to fund it and structure it with Steve Keane and uh, like big personalities like that to, to bring these youth through to then have all these players injured and then he was a bit hesitant to put youth in. Just put them in. Just do it. Never mind. Just just go and play the games. Let them breathe a wee bit. Ah, you may as well. Like, they've got to play at some point, haven't they? And it's mm-hmm. not as if the senior players were doing much anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, see, actually, how do you who, think- would you... who would you like for your new manager? I've seen Roy Keane. Uh, the news is doing the rounds that Roy Keane's very interested in that. Yeah, and- so, like, funny. Like, I think good content, and that's exactly what the cinch needs. But, like, funny for me, because it's not my manager, he's not... Is he a manager? I thought he was, like, long finished. Uh, I think he's... I think he done an interview uh, with Gary Neville, and he was saying that he does have the intention of getting back into management, but the right club needs to come along. Right. I'm not sure you can be picky when you've not had a job for however many years. But Hibs Hibs are looking for a manager with experience now. When Sean Maloney didn't have any experience, but the mistake that they made is they didn't bring in the manager with experience. And then they're wanting a manager to bring through youth and not sell the youth and bring them through um, so they can sell them on for can be, be that team. Um, we have passed, um, we let them call on Riordan, bring, bring the Akana players back through so they can sell on and make a bit of money off them. So I don't see any manager out there, they know. Scott Brown was mentioned, but I think that was just for a laugh. Surely not. You're not gonna no. you're not gonna get someone who's got no experience because people said when Maloney was appointed, risky. It it's like glass, really. Like it's nice to have a manager who used to play for your club. It's all very romantic and lovely, but no. I would have I would that's probably a bad shout for Hibs fans, but in hindsight, looking back at when Jack Ross get punted. You could have brought in Callum Davison, at the, time, Johnson, at the time before, obviously went into free fall and 
fucked her season, but maybe at the time that was that was his opportunity for him to, to step into a, a bigger job and see how he how he failed because he does have the experience. He's got two cups um, under his belt, and it would it would have been nice to see that for him to get an opportunity. Uh, I don't agree with that. I see Malcolm Mackay getting mentioned. I probably would stop. So I have no support. I think stopped, uh, it's quite controversial that he's got the job he's currently got. Yeah. And if I was him, I'd be keeping my head down at the job that I probably shouldn't be in and mm-hmm. he wouldn't be wanting any more fuss made. I think, um, yeah, I'm not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anyone in Scotland? Not mm-hmm. fancy, our lovely manager, no. You can't <laughs> no, have him, because no. he's ours. <laughs> hey. like Kevin, too early for Kevin. There you go. Yes. Would it be too early for Kevin Thompson? Aye, if, you're, if they're looking for, I think Ron Gordon's either got a last the way he was talking in that um, interview that he done with the fans and the media. He's got a last of uh, experienced candidates, maybe people that he's got to approach or have an idea of who could take the club forward. But he's got to wait until I think he said that he could wait until the start of June. Start of June. Until, until the five games are played and then they can get the the manager in and then over the um, the course of the transfer window recruit and see what the manager's wanting. Do you think but that's part brought... do you think that's partly he's thinking like if Dave Gray, David Gray did a good job, he would appoint him? Or not? But, He's obviously a Hibs hero, Hibs legend, but you end up tarnishing your reputation if you end up going straight from playing. Aye, for that, and then, Especially when he's pal, pals with the players in the dressing room, that way. he's been the pals as players and then he's having to be a boss. Because you're looking at what the likes are. There's another shout, John Kennedy, for Celtic. I've heard but he, that as well. He, he's been an assistant. So fair enough, he's got the, the knowledge and a wee bit of experience in the Scottish game. Um, maybe taking Celtic for a couple of games, but it's still going back to experience. Who's got that bit of experience? I don't see Kevin Thompson go at um, Scott Brown, uh, as you say, John Kennedy. I, I don't see who 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 do they bring in? Like Dick Campbell. Well, that, that, that was a shout, aye. But with him, you would have to bring his. Because, as well. He has experience. I wonder how much this year, though, has been a one off fairy tale uh, kind. Of, I mean, I don't even know if they'll come up now. He's a good manager. Playoffs are tough. Whether, he's, whether he'd be suited to the top flight, who knows? We might see it mm. to get up through the playoffs. I'd like yeah, them to come up. That's the team oh, that I would like up. I would like Dundee to go down, mm-hmm. and I would like our growth to come up in the playoffs. And a bit sad if St John's go down, but I don't want it to be us. So we'll have St Johnston down. Or maybe St Mirren will just have a drama and then they'll go. Um, actually, the only good thing about bottom six is I will get a steak and treats or pie this season before St Johnston, Touchwood are the ones that go down to us. Oh, they've had a promise. <laughs> they've had a promise suppliers. Actually, they've had to stop doing them. Not funny. Not funny at all. I'm going to drive to Perth on the Wednesday night just so I can <laughs> get one for a game that hopefully won't matter by then. But who knows? So. You might even get two um, pies. Do you have a favourite pie, Niall? Um, well, we are, we are accustomed in the usher here with Brownings, um, especially being uh, staying in Terbolton at the spa there, there's the, the, the Kelly pie. Mm-hmm. And it is nice, the Kelly pie is good. Uh, oh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm not going to lie. 
So obviously, we're a fan uh, of the Killy Pie. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get the steak's daughter? The steak's daughter, what's that? It's basically like a bridey, but it's steak. Oh, is it no the the Belter bridey? They've changed Aye. it. Aye, I get that. They've got the they changed the at the spa. They put food in. Um, they get rid of the post office and put uh, like pies and everything in. It's probably the best decision ever. I'll maybe know for for my health, but <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant at uh, lunchtime. Getting down there for work. Do you know what amused me on Friday? The uh, the Kelly Arbroath game. They had a sign up saying Kelly pies are better and a different league to Smokies. I thought that was quite funny. Which was pretty good. I was I thought decent banter. I like that one. I like that as well. Um, but that's the thing. It is just fun, isn't it? Like Scottish yeah. football is much more fun than English football. Aye. But Mark Mark McGee is providing an awful lot of content. Uh, he's he's still got his radiators off and that, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so is he not eating his... until they win a game or something? Is that what he said? Is that well, going to happen? We almost seen his balls at the weekend. I think he said he was going to go naked if they won. Oh, I didn't no. like that for a week. <laughs> for a talking week. talking of balls, enough reason quotas. I talking of balls. We've got Hibs fan on, and their keepers are not good at saving balls. So, someone that can save balls is Manscaped. So SFF twenty is the code for twenty percent off and free shipping. Um, this month they are raising awareness for testicular awareness so if you purchase a product from them you can also donate to the testicular society um, so a good cause as well um, and also as well you can look pretty down below so everyone's a winner so do you think we should ask Mark McGee if he wants to get that for if he's if they win a game is that what's happening Charlie Adam told me it to be naked if they won a game oh I mean, do you think Charlie Adam maybe uses Manscaped? Just, I mean, he's bald on the head. Maybe he's bald all over, maybe. I don't think maybe he is. You sh- shouldn't shave your shaver. Bye. Did you see his dive at the weekend? Oh, it was terrible. Magnificent. It was good. I, I loved it. That's classic yeah. Scottish football. It's brilliant. Yeah. It was one of the most... Imba- I mean, I, what on earth was he doing? That one will happen at the VAR. What, what do you think of VAR when it comes in? I don't think it should be coming in halfway through a season. I don't understand how that uh, works. Crazy. Like, tough. either get it ready for the start of the season or wait until the end of the next season. Like, we don't need, like, I don't understand. Because the whole point of it is meant to be like fairness. But realistically, mm-hmm. some people have played some people more without it or away without it or home. And there is going to be people saying, well, we played Rangers twice before it was in. There mm-hmm. will be that. And no, I think that's mental. Like, surely that's not allowed. Um, I don't mind it. I think. I've been to games in England with it. It does make it a little bit less. Like, it's like see if it's a goal. So the Man City, I was at Man City Spurs game, they were 4-3. And Man City had, we thought, scored, which would have put Aye. them through Champions League. It was incredible, brilliant. And I then remember, Bar- it just totally changes it. Yeah, it's rubbish. See, the only thing is, right, we have got a good experience for VAR in Scottish football from the Scotland-Israel game. That... Right. Mm-hmm. But he at least looked at the monitor. That's a problem, is whether these guys are actually going to look at the monitor and it's still the same guys making the decisions. Well, this is the so thing. It doesn't, like, doesn't if, matter if you have technology, if it's the same people that are incompetent looking so at... So Saturday's team. referee. Now, you can say what you want about Bobby Madden and who else call them beating. About the whole, like, <sighs> cheating thing. I don't think that is what's going on, not really. And I think 
certain teams get more decisions, probably, yes. But I think, leaving all that aside, there are just referees that are obviously just not capable of doing it. The Saturday was absolutely atrocious. I do not mm-hmm. understand how that referee has ever got a top-flight game. Didn't have a clue what he was doing. Was in the way of play quite a lot. Didn't know what linesman was there for either. There, no, it was honestly an absolute mess. Do you see the um, incident where their keeper should have been straight off? On so their keeper um, saw a little opportunity to give Bazao a punch in the face. And that is a, that's a straight red card. Now, he did get a book. He did get a booking. So the referee's seen something. It's, but for the referee just... to have given a booking, if he's seen it, the referee needs to be given a straight red. The whole thing was absolutely horrendous. They got a penalty that, not a penalty. I don't know if ours was either, to be honest. It was just one of the worst displays of refereeing I've ever seen, completely incompetent. And that's the problem because you have these people. So you have VAR, they go watch a screen. Mm-hmm. I don't think they know, I don't think a lot of them know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that and is a problem. Consistency as well, like consistency with their decisions. Something, something that the, the same referee would give a yellow for in one of the games, and then next week he would send somebody off. For the exact same the don't know where they got this guy from Sasha. it was absolutely awful and that is the thing VAR only works if you have someone looking at it who knows what they're actually looking at or for mm-hmm. well, the, the, the I don't, I'm fight. not strongly against it but mm. I don't love well, half, it uh, halfway, halfway through a season is just it's ridiculous well, isn't it? mm-hmm. you wonder whether though they'll have the same setup at every club in terms of like in the Premiership, will it be better than what it is in League Two, for example? Well, is it not only coming in, in the Premiership? No, it's only the Premiership, I think. Why did then the whole every 40, all forty-two clubs have to vote on because it? Because they will also have it in the league in Scottish Cups. Aye, it's purely and they all, they so all have to pay it. for it. Aye, but they all have to pay for it. Aye, on a sliding scale, depending on how much. Yes, because they're going to have it in the Scottish Cup and the League Cup as well. So theoretically. A, one of the 42 could well easily have if you have a decent cup run you could have a few of the games it's going to be they're going to work out based on usage basically mainly the Premier League clubs that pay for it see with that then that's a bit of a problem because it's no fair if it's available in the top flight it's not available in the other leagues but I think it should be the same for everybody mm-hmm. I think probably is it in every league in England I think it is isn't it mm-hmm. is it in the champion, is it in the championship in England I don't think it is I don't Why? think it is I think when I've seen it, I've seen it in the FA Cup and stuff. Uh, I can't tell you the Definitely. last time I watched an English Championship game. It's... I will be for oh, the playoffs. I love English Championship playoffs. I think that's a really good laugh. It's because there's like 100 million up for grabs in it. Aye. No, they don't um, have it. They say it's too expensive. In English but... Championship, they've got bloody loads of money. They can pay mm-hmm. bloody Apparently. £10 million for players. They can't afford that. But are they, are, they, are, they paying, are they paying for it for the Premier League team? Probably on the same basis of Scotland as in uh, on a sliding scale for the Cup because they've definitely got an FA Cup, I've seen it. Just mad, mad times, isn't it? Aye. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because it's it... optional, isn't it? You don't have to have it. Leash you need to vote it in and then you don't have to have it, I guess, in every league. Um, yeah, I'm... Apparently, was it, it Morton was... the one club we voted no? Yeah, Morton were on a club. I love how loads of clubs, like little clubs, bless them, were like, it wasn't us, we promise. Because obviously <laughs> everyone was like, oh, who was it? And I saw loads of like smaller clubs being like, I promise it wasn't us. <laughs> I'm surprised there was only one no vote in that. I survived. Out of 42, there was 41 that voted yeah. yes. So... I mean, I think 
it's fine. It's probably, if we don't have it, there'll just be arguments about whether we should have it for forever. So fine, we'll just have it and that'll be that. There's, there's an argument where they're saying uh, it's got to stop people, the argument uh, or the, the having the discussion after games or during games in the pub and at home and whatever else. Um Without it, was the referee? The referee's terrible. Or again, you're having that chat. Um, but some some of the decisions we are just on the right. So, like some of them, oh, there's a free kick or there's a handball, and, it, and you're thinking, how did they come to that conclusion? Well, I think they. Have, I think they have a section on Sky Sports whereby they question whether the VAR decisions were correct. So you know, we're still talking about these decisions. Aye, so I don't think it's actually taken away. It's adding, adding fuel to the argument. It's yeah, because like if you've seen match of the day, it's not as though they're just like, well, that was all fine because the referee checked the decision, so nothing to talk about. Because you can still get stuff wrong; it's still interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will affect that at all. I think referees that are rubbish will still be rubbish. It will be interesting to see how how the rubbish referees perform under VAR. Yeah, and I think it will be. I'd like to see the numbers for penalties and stuff, which are given whether it's less or more and whether it oh, is based Tav- on different teams. I don't think Tavernier will be uh, near as many goals next season. Than, like, well, this, this is the thing, because... <laughs> but then, if you're a referee who feels potentially there is more pressure from a large crowd to give a penalty to a certain team, because that I think that's probably what largely causes it. I don't think it's any kind of actual genuine... Mm. Like whether Bobby oh, Madden's had a Rangers season right. ticket, I don't think he's actually cheating at Rangers games, but I think there's a certain element of pressure and encouragement to give decisions in those scenarios. Are they going to not give it because they watch far? Because is that then they can say, well, I watched it back and it's not, or they're still just going to give wrong decisions anyway? It's going to make a difference. And when you're doing the VAR check, the crowd will be momental. I don't know if, it, if it'll stop much of it at all. It'll be interesting to see if it does. Because there have been, for, for every team, there's been penalties this year that are dubious. But I do think there tends to be, it's maybe just that they're highlighted more. There have been some mental decisions for bigger teams. Because um, half, of, half of the grounds haven't even got tellies to show the crowd what's actually happening. Whereas down south, you see that, you see it on the big screen. At like, uh, top, so top, I'm guessing after. we're not going to get that part. Because if you, it'll yeah, have, so have, in England, do you see what the referee, it's quite cool. But I guess you will, we won't have that here because who's got Rangers and Celtic? Hib's got screens. You've got screens. Aye, Aye that's, that's, how they, that's how they sell our cryptocurrency. And mm. we've not... Yeah, that's about <laughs> it, isn't it? That, that's how we're sitting seven. <laughs> Spent our that's about it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You spend all your money on a big, in a big screen, did you? Oh, that's it. Aye. No, pl- no players finished sitting seven, players? but you've got a big screen. That's all commercial. That's it. That. <laughs> Aye, Hib's are going to transform Scottish football by signing players with crypto. Mm-hmm. Remember, you do like remember, a bit of that, don't you? Remember start of the season. Pokemon Go, you were all big into as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you focus on the wrong things this season? Pikachu up no, front. I think, I think uh, that'll be good. It'll be better with we'll go up front. <laughs> um, I mean, we're in no position to speak. I don't know what we've... I mean, at least you've, you've done something. What have we been doing? Nothing. Is Ramirez, is it Christian Ramirez still playing with Z? You'd yeah, thanks for that. You wouldn't know, would you? He's not mentioned very often. He actually didn't start on Saturday for the first time. Aaron um, doesn't like him anymore. Aaron, I do loved him early in the season. And I, could I even... still do love him, but I also oh. would, I would like him more if he was scoring a few goals. Obviously. He does a bit of tweeting. 
Uh, well, I just too. don't understand why he's not doing his job, which is scoring the goals. To be honest, he's still going to be up there in the top couple. 13 goals, Charles Cook's on, and is probably touch wood, going to win the Golden Boot. I've got him and Ramirez on. That's a low scoring season, isn't it? Very low. The death of proper strikers. Well, is no one hit no one's hit 20. That's horrendous. Well, if we hadn't got rid of Jet, Jet was going to score his 19 after the split, but sadly he's gone. So <laughs> he get told to uh, Jim Goodwin to like, basically what, what happened there? Did he just tell him on your bike, mate? Yeah, like, no fair enough. Aye. Day two, I think it was. Jim Goodwin said I like players who are fit they can run about. And I was like, oh. And then about a week later he hinted that some of them weren't good enough, and then Jet was gone. He yeah, hadn't he, been playing because he wasn't very good. And when he wasn't playing, he obviously is one of those players that doesn't keep his fitness up properly. He played that game at Pataudry against Livingston and is stripping fit. I mean, if you're that's have, genuinely your full-time job, that's not acceptable. Because what's he doing in training? Obviously, just standing there. Eating a Kelly pie. Thank you, like the nightlife. You know, it's not a lower league team. They're not part-time. They've got dietitians. They're training you know it's your full-time job i expect you to be able to do your he just wasn't like he was running about like he was trying to carry about it's not good i always think that about the hip strikers um and just seeing them what, what your job is to score goals but what you actually didn't know if it's like if we get bait three nothing or if it's not niche it's like come on that's what you train well, every week is that if you can't like keep up with play and you obviously just aren't fit enough it makes you look lazy and disinterested and then it just creates a cycle where you're obviously then going to get dropped and then you probably I think some players react to that well and some don't Greg Stewart used to be so bad for that he would get injured or he wouldn't play and he'd come back and not good Is that, that be Nisbet everybody was like saying oh Nisbet's in a, a goal drought but he's, his work rate is brilliant I think he's a striker I don't mind he's... yeah so I don't mind when he does not scoring goals if he's doing other things Aye. but He's not great creating much and he needs service, but there is, I would say, enough service that he should be scoring. He should have scored at least one or two in the last few games, at least. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem, because I don't see where goals are coming from, so I can't see how we're going to win a game. We could still be playing now and we wouldn't have scored against Livingston. Here's an interesting one for you, Lyle. See, just because Aberdeen at the moment, the speculation about Ramsey and Ferguson. Now, you had bids supposedly for Doig and Nesbitt that were pretty attractive for a player in our league. Would you have taken the bids for both of them? The rumoured bids? Aye. Um, because even though Steven, I think Stevenson's about 32, 33, he's still, and I know Sean Maloney has been playing him in centre mid, uh, he, could, he could still do a shift the boy. And I can that he was injured, but Doig, he wouldn't really be missed. <laughs> um and Nisbet, I don't know if we would ever even get as close to what I think Celtic was talking about for him as well. Um, I, I think think, weren't they? I think they were after him at the same time. I think uh, Portis. I think uh, Portis was... Um, Birmingham were in for Portis as well. I think aye, it was Millwall. Oh, Millwall. Aye, aye, aye. Do you like Portis, um, actually? What do you think of Portis? I think if he, silly man. No, no, he's he's perceived wrongly in Scottish football. Oh, is football. he? Is Aye. he? Which is sending off. In fact, no, sorry, he doesn't get sent off, does he? He no. stays on the pitch. Then he gets a retrospective ban that only helps the teams that play you next. Yeah, cool. 
Great player. And then he called Ramirez a grass. It was on the telly. Ridiculous. <laughs> He's he a... didn't phone up the SFA the next morning and tell him about it. We all saw it. I thought he always get really good potential to be a, a top player. Maybe no, um, like the way Robertson or Tierney went, whatever, but I think he, he could, um, especially for Scotland, be, be a solid centre back for Scotland. But his attitude needs to, to be right. I think he's not quite. He's obviously just got a terrible temper. Aye, uh, he's not quite matured or that yet, um, which I think obviously the age of he's still got that. Um, to control and to learn from but I think he's got the attributes in that to, to kick on his career um, to be at a higher level than Hibs where think... that is I have no idea but I... I think he's a good player but I think mm. you get players like that who just become too much of a liability most I... players go through a season of it Brian Jack was terrible for this when he first went to Rangers he was sent off constantly mm-hmm. and I just he just doesn't seem to be getting any better though and he just looks like the one at Petrodri where he's clattered Ross McCrory. What's going through his mind there? What a stupid thing to do. See where the, the stuff off the pitch, Jink, it's a thin due to his age or just that he needs to sort out the crowd that he's with because we've seen it with so many other players at Hibs over the it's, years. Well, O'Connor and Riordan, they were two, two of the biggest ones for group with their cousins or their pals to like nightclubs and that and it I think they'll probably look back and regret all those times that the hub went out when they could have kicked on um, their careers because I think they've took for granted that it's hubs, it's professional football and uh, if, if they actually get better and you don't know what the opportunities are out there for to, to, to go beyond hubs because I would have said Riordan uh, definitely had uh, the ability to probably play um, down yeah, south yeah. whether the Championship or the Premier League but did it happen O'Connor went to Russia won a cup <laughs> came back and I, I, don't, I don't know what he's doing there um, but then they're looking at players like Scott Brown um, kicking on he's won all the, all the trophies mm-hmm. um, for Celtic I just think these players are taking a wee bit like, playing for Hibs for granted of, well, I'm a professional football player and that's that's it. Whereas they've no see they've no seen the opportunity that could arise beyond Hibs if if they play well and they're consistent. Aye, they've got the talent, but not the professionalism, basically. Aye, aye. And it's right. actually, well, it is. It's, and it's no nice to say that you're cutting pals or whatever off. But if you want to be at the top, and you're saying that in interviews that you want to be the top um, in your game, you want to go as far as you can in the game. And you've got to need to change your lifestyle. Is that the same with music? Because I notice a lot of bands now don't tend to drink as much on stage. Aye. Definitely. I mean, um, in the, la- the last two years of Randy's, I, I, I stopped um, drinking on stage or before. Um, and same with the likes of Connor and Murray and uh, Julie never drank much. Uh, but I before that, they... I think I got sick of it because people are turning up to see you and if you're steaming on stage then and you're making an arse of yourself or you say something through a the mic then that can, yeah, you've got to get vilified for it and they're paying money to see you. Yeah. Whereas um, a wee bit more professionalism then it's a better performance and folk will actually like, like the performance better. 
I would think so. If you're paying money, you don't want to see someone being pissed. I mind, I mind going to see a band. Uh, it was one that um, Alice Brown put on. That was the manager for La Club Royale for a while there. Um, we went up to see, she puts on Timeless Music Promotions. Right, aye. And it was a gig up in Glasgow, and it was a really young band. Uh, were headlining, so they had all their pals there and that. And this boy got absolutely blurted, and he couldn't play guitar. And he walked off the stage. And if you take all the times that you are away, like practicing and whatever, up until that headline gig, with these other four boys that are in your band, and for him to get absolutely steaming and no play his parts and walk off stage, then it put the other band members in a predicament. Should they play or no? Because how will it sound without them? Yeah. So it, it took away that, that what their pals there obviously wasn't to see this band and then they didn't because the, the band couldn't play without the guitarist. I know. So it's definitely something I've noticed a shift in attitude in terms of bands. I still go back to like the nineties when bands it was all like lad bands and all that and they were mm-hmm. generally having a good drink on stage or even worse. And you would be sometimes seeing bands and you'd be like, Dean apart would be the worst. And it was probably mm-hmm. the same for your, your punters as it is for bands. Bands get there, all their pals are there from other bands and they're probably gonna enjoy themselves. It's mm-hmm. just one of those sins, isn't it? Um, but when you're paying good money, you want to see them at the top of the game. Uh, you're right to see them at least so bad and I Sound good instead of like falling about the stage and uh, making an arse of themselves. Who's the best footballer? The thing with footballers, I suppose, is that if you've got friends who are not footballers and they're passed from before, they you know, them going out and going to work in their office is a little bit different from you having to go to training, also mm-hmm. getting involved in some of the behavior that you see some of them getting involved in. It is. It is difficult, but you are in a position where, you know, you've got kids walking about with your name on the back of their shirts. Mm-hmm. And if you want to develop your career beyond where you are now, that's not going to happen if you go out and behave like that. And I think there are players who, I mean, I don't know, if it's, probably it's worse in Scotland, but Charlie Adam, like, drink driving stuff, like a lot of stuff that you just think. Uh, John Yule at Hubs as well, you get done for. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff you just think, it's not really great, is it? Like, and okay, in, in Scotland, I think they're relatively, clubs don't seem massively bothered about it. Um, mm. And I mean, I suppose it's difficult because you have to where to draw the line, what's all right, what's not. But then, but if you the, want any to progress other... your career, there are clubs uh, that are not going to be interested in that because it doesn't yeah. look good. And a lot of clubs reject themselves as a family image. You get the drama with Wraith um, and Clyde. Mm-hmm. And I just think you get into a situation where actually signing players that come with that much baggage becomes a massive hassle. Declan Gallagher, I think if he'd maybe played a bit better in the season, I would have been more forgiving. But I don't really like that that much, to be honest. But three years for a really serious assault. And I'm not sure it's a great look to have players like that at clubs sometimes. And it does become a problem because there are clubs that will just say, we're not getting involved in this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a family club. We're not having players here who can't behave themselves. But as about role models, though, because as, you know, mostly kids going to the games, but families and you're taking people there and the kids will see the headlines, especially like... Um, 11 up to 15 maybe they'll 
on their phones and seeing all these headlines of these football players and then seeing them go, oh, that's a good image. Um, again, uh, he's been done for drink driving and he's getting to play football every week. There's um, a lot of jobs where if you, like Dick and Gallagher's one, he actually went to prison. There's a lot of jobs where that happens. You would pay yeah. your job back. And no. I think there's an assumption in football, oh, does it matter? It's, oh, should they never play football again? Well, because he's good. Because no, he's good. probably not. Uh, I, it is different and it, you need to think about, I suppose, in individual situations. Mm-hmm. But I also think that they do need to have a think about their behaviour and someone just need to pack it in. Like Porteous, mm-hmm. what's he playing at? He's not he's, he's not 17. No. He should know better than that. And if that's how his pals behave, he should be saying, look, I can't get involved in this. You know, I'm not going to come. I know what will happen mm-hmm. because, you know, I've got a reputation at my club that I need to work on. It's difficult, but... I think we are seeing a change, though. Seeing the main, I think we are seeing footballers be more professional generally. But there are still some that, unfortunately, of, of the old ilk whereby you've been out with your mates, and you, mm-hmm. I suppose it's that way as well. It's a fine balance between you get new mates, you just ditch your old mates because then they'll just be like, oh, look at snobby Porteous or snobby this, snobby mm-hmm. that. But, but his mates shouldn't be getting involved in that behavior either because no one should be doing that. Well, Whatever you work, be. mental. Mm-hmm. Obviously. But in terms of like, just in terms of like, not ditching your mates, I suppose a lot of people would say that's. Maybe not a, a fair thing to do, but mm-hmm. but then it's them probably hold, holding them back, if you know what I mean, um, from them pushing on to be the best that it can be. Maybe just meet up with them every once in a while, like go for a coffee or something, maybe not a pint. Aye. Well, this is the thing when people like That's oh, it's his pals. Well, why is he involved in that? If, like whether it's his pals or not, if I had pals that behave like that, they wouldn't be my pals anymore because it's not acceptable to behave like that whether they're your friends from years ago or not. Aye. And whether you're a footballer or not, don't be getting involved in that on a night out. Mm-hmm. You know, most Just people would find themselves having a really serious conversation on Monday at their work <laughs> if they got involved Aye. in half this behaviour. But it's accepted in football. That's, that's the thing that probably needs to be talked about, but um, and highlighted, obviously, with here. Um, but I, it's accepted. Just and I don't know if it's worse in Scotland. I mean, Adam Jobs has never played football again, basically. Oh, no. Which I, anyone who thinks that's unfair always done his time. Absolutely ridiculous. But we've seen it with the boy that played for Hearts. He ended up playing again. I hope I. Thompson. You know, who? Thompson. Isn't it? Few, good I think the. Back. A good few years back. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's difficult because then you have to think, well, do you have a list of crimes that are acceptable or not acceptable? But I think with Adam Johnson, stuff involving children, absolutely no way should you be anywhere near a football pitch and near children. Because mm. that's basically what, it's a position of power and you need to accept the responsibility comes with that and he completely abused that. Mm-hmm. So absolutely hard no for him. Should and people who say things like, oh, but he's done his time or what should he do or what jobs are okay then? Not one where he's running about football pitch and kids are wanting his name on the back of their shirt. No. Should we move on to something more positive? Aberdeen? <laughs> no, definitely not Aberdeen. Who are you playing at the weekend, Lyle? Uh, we are playing Livingston. I don't really care. That doesn't really put us up. It doesn't affect me, so I don't really care what yeah. you two get up to. We can do what you like. Nah, I, 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 as long as we either draw or win, I'm not really caring. 
just play all the young players and then yeah you're all. fine nine nil or uh, a nil nil draw uh, doesn't really bother us <laughs> so no do, you two do what you want on Saturday <laughs> do you got? we've got St Johnston no we don't we've got Dundee, Dundee. the worst Dundee. Oh, Mark McGee's return to Pataudry I'm sure we warmly welcomed yeah it'd be beautiful <laughs> he's a yeah, silly silly mad maybe maybe we could beat them nine nil and then he'll say it's just another game don't just three that. points We've it's take, taken us a long time to score nine goals through about probably 10, 15 games, never mind one game. So I saw a thing on Twitter that I shared without actually getting into detail on it. It said that Aberdeen is the only senior club in Britain to not have a clean sheet in 2022. And I've not delved into this, but I suspect it probably is true. Yeah, I think we've only kept five clean sheets over the course of the full season. You, Our goal difference is actually not atrocious, to be fair. That's the one thing that could well save us. It would have got us top six, potentially. There's only one win in the league between you and Aberdeen and Motherwell. I think I've seen a start. Oh, yeah, we're the two worst teams in the league at uh, the moment, yeah. Only one. Yeah, but they're uh, top six, so that's cool. I, that shows you know, how bad the league's been when they still uh, to reach top six. Quality's been generally, I would say... Probably overall worst. You've also not had what you had last season with Rangers just flying away with it. Because at one point they were six points clear. Now it's the other way. Mm-hmm. They had a good uh, first half. Celtic have had a good second half. I don't cares about the top done. sets. No one. Let's not talk about top sets. No one cares about that in this podcast. Good. Top sets football. This is a bottom six podcast. Bottom actually. Set, aye, bottom Sponsoring set. the bottom what, six. Aye, it's that like, season. Not next season, just this one, just for a laugh. Just for a wee laugh, (laughs) Aberdeen finished 10th, next season, all fine again. It's because we've always wanted to play in the League Cup qualifiers, that's best. Yeah, Peter headed a Tuesday night buzzing, great. Ah, That'll be amazing. I'll just look at photos of my trips to Croatia and things while I imagine. It's regionalised the League Cups, isn't it? What's that? So it'll be like Peter Head and Cove and stuff. Ah, That'd be brilliant. Disgusting. Horrid. It's so beneath us. No offence to Hibs, but I think maybe I have to do that quite a bit, but not us. Well, See, you, you said it's so good for years, like finishing second, obviously, when Rangers were out. Um, how did that feel? It was, that would, oh, the, when we what, finished second, like when we won at Celtic Park, I cried, and the Constantine scored it, and it was brilliant. I don't know what that feels like. like it's so good. Because we had to equal Rangers' result. I think mm-hmm. can't remember the exact point, but we I think we had to equal their results. So we were I was at Celtic Park and we had we went one nil up and so it was great, we're second, that's enough. I think actually if we'd got a draw, Rangers losing would have done it, but we were like, we're winning, that's brilliant. So it doesn't matter what Rangers are doing. And actually that's when Rangers went 3-0 down to you at half time, came back and we're up five three. Five and we three. were like, shit, 5-3, this is really edgy. Like, oh my God, the gate, like, we need to hold on here. It's only 1-0. Obviously, Rangers fans would tell you that we Celtic played down for us. Not what happened. We just <laughs> held a very good defence. We won. And everyone was like, well, it doesn't matter. It's 5-3 at Easter Road. That was when you then came back and it was 5-0. I didn't find out until like an hour after the game. Then the Neil Lennon had been on the pitch. That's he wasn't. I was, uh, where was I? I was at home base. I assumed that if you'd gone 5-3 down at 80-something minutes, that was it all over. But no, it turned out, yeah. I'd uh, find out on my own. I was uh, walking about home base, getting stuff for the garden or something like <laughs> that. But whatever, Shawnee was picking up and I was just reading it and I'm like, oh, 5-3, can't believe this. And then five each and I was like, geez, oh, that's, that's amazing. Rangers are uh, absolutely fuming because apparently Celtic let us win. Should that have happened. 
Bunchy Logan got himself sent off then. It was a great, great game. Though. Andy Constantine buzzing. Kenny McLean sent off. Lovely, lovely for us. Constantine's going to be, isn't he? Oh, don't, don't, don't hurt Aaron anymore. Don't, sorry. Come sorry. on. I'm hoping that there is an understanding that what needs to happen is. <coughs> oh, so what's like cold? It's not cold at all. So that when we get to the last game of the season, touch wood, we're all fine and no one's panicking about anything and it's all okay. We play St. Mirren at home, last game of the season, Conti's last game. I'm hoping we're doing something. So he's not going to, I think he's probably not going to play. He's been on the bench since he was fit. If he was mm. going to play, to come on at the Ross County game for five minutes, just give him a run out and let everyone sing his name. Didn't come on. I suspect we will, I think there'll be enough internal pressure that Jim Goodwin will realise he has to come on on the last day. He should come on dressed up like he's stagged there. And every, everybody just sings yes or I yes, can boogie. Yes, I can boogie. That, 20, that 20 years, nearly 20 years. Oh, Andy, Andy. And I thought <laughs> if he hadn't been injured, he'd have played all season. We might have got Andy 600 as well. Mm-hmm. He and will be one of the last one club players you will see. I mean, I don't know that he's not going anywhere in the summer. He might do, but I'm not sure. I think he mm-hmm. might try and focus on coaching. So we've got Lewis Stevenson as well and Paul, Paul Hammer. There's not many of them. There's not many, I... No. It's a podcast we want to do in the future, one club in because it is a radar taste, so don't talk about it too much. Okay, right, okay. spoiler. Right. Maybe Andy will come on. Imagine. Um, right, Lyle, you at least have a memory recently of winning the Scottish Cup as an yep. adult. So mm-hmm. how was that? Um oh, it was it was brilliant. Like uh, me, me and my dad <laughs> don't get to many games. Uh, obviously being down in Ayrshire, but we watched it. We watched the 2012 Scottish Cup down in Moss Blown at my dad's house. We watched the 2013 Scottish Cup down in Moss Blown at my dad's house. And then when it got to 2016, I says, you need to come to my house because there's just no working down at your house. <laughs> so when he came up um, and I had a few of uh, my, my friends there um, who were Rangers fans as well. Uh, and oh, it was amazing. Just that, that, Last minute head headers for David Gray. I was at with my uh, the hub stop on with the, the the flag wrapped in me on my trampoline <laughs> at the back door, jumping about and forgetting that I stay in Turbolton, which is like ninety nine percent of Rangers fans. <laughs> aye, I bet that was popular where you stay. Aye, aye, but I did. I think see when we get beat in the the League Cup. I think that was like. For a team that was in the championship to be in the League Cup and then the Scottish Cup, we weren't we were in the playoffs for to get promoted, but it just felt as if we had to win something. And then to get this, the we call it the Holy Grail. Um, it was just a brilliant. I just I, I wish we could have went up that season as well to just keep the momentum going. Uh, with, with Alan Stubbs, but then he obviously got his head turned to go to Rotherham. Does he hates a brother, mate? No, unreal. <laughs> Great. I just think he even regretted the turn and said that he, he regretted leaving Hibs at that time uh, to to get down there because obviously um, it didn't really work out for him down there. I don't know what the thinking was going to Rotherham. He, he probably thought he would maybe get a bigger job down south by doing well there or something like that. Nah, mm-hmm. but who knows. His loss anyway, for him. Mm-hmm. 
Erin, you forgot to ask your uh, food question, your other food question, which... Well, what, the pizza one? Why? Do you like pizza, Lyle? Aye. If you had a pizza, right, a nice pizza, mm. um, would you eat the crust first so that you could then enjoy the delicious topping part, or would you eat the toppings first and then have the horrible crust bit at the end? Yeah, the second one. I the... The, no- uh, aye, the normal way, no, I don't worry. Aye. Aye, who? Hmm. What? Doing? what? Aye. Does that mean that you eat your toast like that? Um, like, would I eat the crust first of toast? Yeah, of course, because the nice inside part's the best bit. <laughs> and a sandwich. Aye, if no, I had I've a slice done. of toast, I probably wouldn't cut it in half. I would probably just eat all the way around it and then have a nice middle bit. And a sandwich, like if you bought one in the shop, where it's what, two so you big would, triangles. You would eat the crust. I, I would eat the crust. I would have it and first. A sandwich. Yeah, I would have it first. But why not a pizza? I would make myself no, but I would eat the crust and the pizza. I just have it first. I would eat the crust of oh, the sandwich see it, first. See if you have a sandwich. What do you eat first? Do you not eat the inside the first. No, I would eat round the triangle, the crust. Why would you leave that? Why would you like? leave yourself with the worst bit why do you punish yourself like that no get rid of the crust eat it it's good for you get rid of it enjoy the interior but what if you get two stuff you get two stuff eating the crust and then you no i know how much i'm gonna manage i'm gonna manage that two triangle sandwich (laughs) i'm gonna manage a vms sandwich what so is it triangles or halves you do if I was making a sandwich myself i wouldn't often do that if i was buying one in like triangle from the shop you don't make a sandwich I don't often make a sandwich. Lyle, do you make a sandwich for yourself? Aye. Aye. I don't eat a huge amount of bread at home. I like wraps. I like that's a, I really like Quite that. Quite like a wrap. Aye. It's, oh, aye. Big fan of a toasted wrap. On a George Foreman? Yep. Aye. Do you know what's really nice? Cajun chicken, jalapenos, cheese. That's a good one. Let's say, what have I got in there? It's chicken tikka put in it then we we butter lettuce cheese and bring it in the, the toaster machine Aye. lovely that's a game did you say yeah, you had but, enough oh when you go it sorry no, no I was going to say peri peri mayo not sponsored by Nando's but we could be no 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 we, but I don't think could we not no I don't think I do quite like that the Nando's peri peri mayonnaise is good but see other than that I think Nando's is really overrated. It's I've, I've been once it's in like a really expensive just chicken. Like, I eat enough chicken at home. Like, mm. I haven't been a fan. I've no. only been once, I. I don't get the hype of it. Wagamama's is another one. It's not bad, but it's overpriced for what it is. And I think it's overrated as well. You can make that at home. The, the katsu chicken curry there, though, is unreal. It's amazing. Number 71. That's how it is. <laughs> I, you see, I always remember the first time I went. Like you went in and we were like, you've been before and all that. It was in Glasgow and you were all sitting like it was like school dinners. Mm. You end up just sitting beside randoms. Aye. I'm not a fan of that either, to be honest. And the way Silverburn? No, it was like when City Centre won. And the way that the the, the waiter would know what everyone was having is because they wrote down the number on your bit of paper. Mm. Which I thought that's actually quite clever. As opposed to coming down and going, oh, who ordered that? Who ordered that? And yeah. You can just go straight away. So, aye, it was decent. I think it's just a bit overpriced. Nando's, though, I don't, I've never understood. Like, Erin, Erin, you say things been overpriced. How much did you pay for your dinner at Glen Eagles? It was my, I just didn't pay for it. It was ah, my ah. 30th birthday <laughs> present for my sister, thank you. And how much was it? 
I've no I idea. Know, like, bloody ghost. Yeah, you must, I have no idea. You must have seen the prices. I there's no fish that's the menu. I don't bet worry. it was more. I bet it was more expensive than Nando's by about. I mean, it was four times. Well, but it, we it had a very nice time. Aye, but aye. it was very. But it was delicious. Whereas Nando's is, is chicken. I I just think it is overrated. The one that I actually think is underrated because I always forget that it's nice. Do you know what actually is quite nice if you just want like a quick, not bad sandwich? Subway. There you go. Oh, nah. It's uh, actually quite good. The good. I like the choice. I like the variety. I'm a big fan of the choice. Chicken tikka all the way. Wouldn't I'm going to try to make my own sandwich, to be honest, most of the time. Would you? I, as but then you've got to like get the bread, a, get all the stuff. You're going to have leftover of the called salad. Shop. It's called shopping, Eden. Like well, yeah, but then you're gonna have, if you're unless you're gonna have the sandwich every day, you're gonna have leftover it. Yeah, I just don't make a lot of sandwiches at home. Do not, I don't mind a subway. Mm. Right? Did I'll you say you had another football question, Erin? Yes, on. I do. Right, what is it? And well, I'm gonna be doing this one along with two others on the Premier League roundup, but we can do it today for Lyle because it's not gonna be a shock yeah. for people. Right. Who is your best player of the season? Presumably a hips player, but it doesn't have to be. If you think your whole team would be rubbish, pick someone else. Does it have to be in the Scottish Premiership? I mean, if you want, no, does oh, it? Sorry. Um, it can be anyone you like. Most people you think would pick a player for their own team, but I might not either. Uh, is it John McGinn? No. Such no, a hips answer if it is. He's been playing shite, I think. I've, I've seen a lot of. <laughs> Uh, I've not Bella seen you tweeting much about them, so presumably hips aren't impressed with me now. Maybe he's coming back. That'll be, maybe, maybe as I think we'd have heard by now that I mean he's, he's going to come on <laughs> to play with his brother. Oh no! Like I don't think I don't <laughs> mind like clubs still caring about players who used to play for them, but hips went a bit hard on that, didn't they? It's a bit much. Can't be wishing players happy birthday when they left three years ago. Back. I think <laughs> hips went on a, on about it more than St Mirren did. Hebs were, it was get, like, there was a couple of times I thought it was like parody tweets. It was too much. We've started wishing players happy birthday, so and I'm not a big fan. It's very Celtic. Well, you need to do it because Yaya Touri, you remember Yaya Touri took the big huff because no one mm-hmm. got my cake? Aye. Did someone, <laughs> there was a player birthday. as well, it was quite funny, that they were like, it's not, the club had tweeted happy birthday and they were like, it's not my birthday. <laughs> it was a, was it Andy Gorham that Hibs tweeted about saying happy birthday? Because they played with Rangers, um, Hibs fans were raging and told Hibs to take down the tweet and they did it. Uh, what, why were they wishing him a happy birthday? Because he used to form a player. For Hibs. Aye. If you were going to wish... It, yeah, but you'd never be done tweeting if you were going to wish every single former player a happy birthday. We should wish Andy Gordon all the best, though, with his recovery from cancer. Obviously, mm. sad news last week. Um, well, that's fine, but you can't be wishing every former player a happy birthday. Admin will never get two minutes peace. Just you wait till Aberdeen don't wish Aber- uh, Andy Constantine a happy birthday. You'll be first on. Andy Constantine. Don't <laughs> you worry, Andy raging. Constantine won't wish a happy raging. birthday on the 1st of April. You'll Andy Constantine's birthday phone. is April Fool's Day. It's been and gone. He was wishing a happy birthday. I next year, though. No we, won't be, no, no, we won't be doing it next year. I bet, I bet you'll be wishing him a happy birthday. You'll send all your message. Yeah, you but the club should be doing it. How would you have, like, if you start wishing, no, I'm not for that. It's very Celtic behaviour. We don't need to be doing that. The only tweet that I've actually genuinely fallen for, almost, like when scrolling, was an old firm facts one when Neil Lennon left. And I had heard he'd left, but I hadn't seen Celtic's official tweet. And I saw the mock-up he'd done, didn't realise at first. And they said, oh, Celtic would like to thank Neil for all his um, efforts to the club. 
and we wish him a very happy birthday when it comes. I thought it was <laughs> priceless, and I fell for it for a second. Mm, I've seen that. I mean, if you're having an absolute drama, you've been off to Dubai, you're, everything's falling apart, the ten in the row's finished. I can see myself at Rage and every morning the club admin is like, happy birthday to someone else. Mm-hmm. He's the, did you see, he done a, a, an interview recently, now now learning live for Cyprus. And he says he doesn't regret going to Dubai. All right. So okay. it was quite an, it was quite it was quite uh, if you get a chance, go and look at it on YouTube. But um I watched it yesterday and he's just it just looks as if he's no gain a fuck anymore. <laughs> Be quite warm for him in Cyprus as a man who always looks sunburned after those away yeah, trips. It, it, it did look a bit sunburnt to be fair. Mm-hmm. I see him once in a flight to Portugal going on his holiday. That's going like, there, so not burnt. So, no, I didn't do any way back. <laughs> so. Did you speak to him? Nah, I was on a stag do. Um, what was the player that you thought was... Oh, yeah, who's your best player? <laughs> well, I'm, when I seen... I actually watched the Ross County game. Uh, who was it? It was against Celtic or... Um, I think it was actually against Rangers, to be fair. Was it Charles Cook? Yeah. He's good. Unreal. In, I think it was around about January when uh, that game was and I, like, did Ross County draw two each with them or something? I think they dropped points. Rangers dropped points to them and I just thought to myself, Hibs need to get him or try and get him. that at the end of the season? Uh, well, I, I think he'll go down south or he'll, go, he'll no go to Hibs. He'll go to Aberdeen. <laughs> I've got him on as top scorer and I think he will come in when did you put that on no it wasn't start of the season no but it wasn't it was pre-Morales' injury ah. I've got um, Ramirez on as well no um, and Morales and Anderson are the third and second and third but both of them are out so probably be Charles Cook unless someone starts scoring hatties every week yeah right. have you any other questions before the showstopper and I um, never asked. no I'm done I never asked. I never actually won Lyle with this one, so I'll, I'll give him benefit of the doubt, right? Best Hibs 11 from your lifetime, right? If you don't want to go for the 11 just now, you can go for a six-a-side team, because we do like a right. six-a-side team on the podcast. I think a six. I like a six. Go for a six-a-side, aye. Seen as a... Uh, so go straight straight to the new. Aye. I'll try, I'll try 11. Uh, oh, he's going to 11. He's going big. I'll go... Uh, this is controversial, but Conrad Logan and Nets just oh, because of his aye. performance in, uh, <laughs> in the Scottish Cup. I <laughs> don't know how he would get on like, week in, week out, but I just go with that. Um, talking left back, Lewis Stevenson. Lewis Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Has to be there. Um, Owen's just woke up. <laughs> um, so, centre backs. That's a hard to be fair. Don't want to say Andy Current because Paul, we could say Paul Hanlon. He's been there for, for ages. He's, I think he's just a wait. Sorry. Sorry, my wait. Did you say Paul Current? It's going to jinx like the rest of the season or something. Oh, Paul Hanlon. Well, like you were like, oh, I don't want to say anyone coming. So they'll get upset. So they'll listen to this and then they'll. Aye, ruin the rest aye. of their season. Aye. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to do that. <laughs> um, though, I, I really... Like, see, 
that's a, that's a controversial no I'm going to, no is this overall is this got to be overall like, of your lifetime of my lifetime alright well I better not put him in I was going to say F.A. Ambrose just because it was that was a laugh to have him there <laughs> I liked I liked when he was at Hibs he was really Aye. good really good fun got a few good goals against him he was absolutely rubbish it was a, a liability I would say it was good to watch um, centre back uh, big uh, Rob Jones Rob Jones aye good choice Rob Jones uh, right back uh, I would actually uh, I would like to see I'm saying this to now but uh, Cadden I'd like to see again overall in my lifetime, it's probably a, a bit of a shock, but I'd like to see put Cadman there because I think he's, right. he's, I think he's got to be even better. I think he's, he's still the best to see. Okay. Um, centre mid John McGinn. Uh, put my plane here a four. I'll go a four four two. So you, I'll get two strikers. Put, is Ambrose in the team for the last? No, no, no. Who's your no. centre back? Uh, Hanlon. You going Hanlon, mate? Okay. Hanlon Jones. I think that's pretty solid. In fact, no, can I change Hanlon for McGregor? McGregor, okay. Aye. Um, Aye. See, I'm, I'm saying names and then I'm thinking to myself, no, I could, he could be better, put, put in there. Uh, right wing, uh, Boiler. Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, another centre mid. Uh, but we, uh, Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. Left mid. Ivan Sproul. Ivan Sproul, the Rangers slayer. What <laughs> a hat trick against Rangers, isn't he? Oh, amazing. I, I, I got his name in my back when I was younger. <laughs> um, see, then you've got you've got a choice of hunters or strikers here. Uh, like Fletcher. I would say Riordan. Just put Riordan on there. Aye, Riordan, aye. Um, I've actually not said Francois the other. No, you've no. You've got, I mean, you've got Darren McGregor in there, but you've not got Frank Swazi. Now, I know McGregor's a Hibs fan and all that, but there's a few. I mean, I'm thinking a few. That's it. I put you in the spot, to be fair. That's an unfair aye, one. Aye, aye, aye. It's a hard one. Because you'll start then thinking, oh, I mean, Boozling. Zamama. I got. Aye. Like these guys from like the Mowbray team. They're the ones that all usually kind of start. You still get uh, Kevin Thompson in that, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, I think the 2007 uh, cup final team. Uh, and then some of the players are... I mean, Tom McManus was one of my favourite players when I was younger. Aye, what's your team? Aye, but I wouldn't have put him in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, Swazi was kind of centre-back, centre-mid. Aye, sweeper eye, wasn't he? Aye, so... Aye, take McGregor out and put Swazi in there. Another, I've done Brown. Right, is that another striker? Another striker, aye. Uh, Mitsu, part of line. Big Mitsu. Aye. Right, cool. So, Logan and goal, Carden, Sozzi, Jones, Stevenson, and then Boyle, McGinn, Brown, Sproul, Riordan, and Mitsu. That's all right, good team. For that. We'll probably get relegated, but. <laughs> aye, it's a Who, Jeff, your manager? Oh. 
I would say don't know man what John Collins I would have just for the the fact that he drilled the team and fitness and whatever and probably he could try and get the, that, that maybe no mixer um, but I go with John Collins because it was Collins. quite un- entertaining to watch that team right no worries uh, right before we finish off where can people find your music online Local like, Royale you can find uh, on Spotify iTunes or the kind of major music streams uh, Box of Trash uh, nowhere <laughs> uh, at the moment so, right, so you'll need, everyone will need to buy the album when it comes out. Yeah, you'll need to buy the album. So hopefully uh, we can get at least two or three um, singles out for the book before uh, we, we release the album. Uh, but we're hoping to get it on like Spotify and iTunes or, or the usual places cool. once and it comes out. And it's just Box of Trash Music, isn't it, on all socials? Yes, yeah. at Box of Trash Music, yeah. And then La Club Royale is the same, isn't it, on all your socials? Uh, yeah, at La Club Royale, yeah. Aye, there's no like hyphens or anything like that. So no, it's no. Um, that's fine. And then upcoming gigs. Uh, the nice and sleazies. Uh, on the 9th of July, Saturday the 9th of July. And I think that's it just now. But there's a few uh, discussions for gigs. I was actually hoping to get Luckle Royale um playing live, but it's it's just no in the works now. Because of what's happening with Box of Trash. Aye, it's... it may come later on. It's a good summer. Aye. La Club Royale totally got summer vibes, definitely. I could picture mm-hmm. that at a festival. Oh, aye, hopefully. Something to look forward to if Box of Trash does not work out either. Aye, you feel <laughs> like the Alex turning that air for music. Aye. One of the bands, there you go. Mm-hmm. Right, okay, right, cheers for coming on, Lyle. All the best. Oh, thanks very much for having Thank me on. Thank you. And... I hope you enjoyed Thank it. Thank you. And we'll maybe get you on another time closer when the album's well, coming out. Nice to talk to you as well. Especially about top six and... next year, don't worry. See you there. Hi, <laughs> both is. Aye, exactly. Right, cheers, we'll Lyle. Be, we'll, we'll be third. <laughs> we'll be second. Right, third is. Right, cheers. Right, see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.